For SAPC News, I'm Tlatlan Ngwele in Teppen. And it's time now to get some inspiration in our life for a Sunday night time for the Person I Am feature. And tonight we speak to Lorato Molele, who is a life coach, a counselor, a writer, a motivational speaker, MC, adventure enthusiast and adventure uh, events planner, born Baragwanath Hospital in Soweto. She grew up in the northwest town of Mahakeng, or as it was uh, known when she was growing up, Mabatu. She recently returned from a life-changing experience in Nepal while following her passion for adventure. We actually spoke to her briefly yesterday on Weekend PM Live and decided she was a good inspirational person to speak to. Lorado, thanks uh, very much for joining us again. I mentioned some of the arrows you hold in uh, the quiver that is your professional life. Which one gives you the most satisfaction to begin with? I have to say it's the adventure enthusiast that drives me the most. Now, as far as adventure enthusiast goes, how long have you been an adventure enthusiast? Is this something you've had all your life? No, not at all. Um, it's probably something that started five, six, seven years ago. Um, I think it's just, sort of just been an evolution of, of the person that I am and the person I'm becoming, but I've, I haven't always been an adventurous person. Okay, let's go back to uh, the beginning and that background. You were born in Soweto. You grew up with uh, a mother, I gather, who was, uh, you know, very grounded, very spiritual, but you didn't have a father. Yes. Tell us a little bit about uh, your, your, your early memories. Um, my parents got divorced when I was four years old, um, so I never really grew up with my dad in the house. He he was there as I think like most people as a dad who sort of sort of saw on the weekends. Um, so my mother was my mother and my father. I've got an older brother who played a very big role in 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 being the male stand in my life. He played the role of being my dad. Um, and yeah, so I think I get my strength and, you know, fight for life from, from those two people, particularly my mother and my brother. And schooling, you obviously did well enough, uh, to get into university and stuff. Um, you know, tell us about your schooling years. Um, yeah, so did very well in high school, went up to varsity and being away from home for the very first time, um, it became a party-filled life, you know, boys and excitement and boozing and all of those things. And um, after being excluded from varsity from my first year, um, I had to go back, obviously, with my tail between my legs and, you know, having to reconsider what it is that I actually wanted to do with my life. And that's when I think I sort of got a wake-up call as to life is not just about partying and boys. You need to focus and, and think about what it is that you want to do. What were you studying uh, in Grahamstown in that first year? And, uh, you know, what did you change to in terms of the academic uh, studies? Um, initially, I had registered for human movement studies. I wanted to be a sports physiotherapist. Funny that, actually. Hmm. Um, and then changed on to do a BA. Okay, that was, that, that was up in Johannesburg. But in terms of your, your self-discovery um, in that period when, you know, it is, it's a very challenging year, I think, for anyone when they leave school and they leave the comfort of the home to, to discover a certain amount of freedom perhaps we didn't know existed. But more disturbingly, you, you felt you had daddy issues and a need to validate yourself through some of your behavior? 
I did. Um, and you don't realize these things until later stage in life. Um, because I, because my dad wasn't always around, I think I always wanted to find comfort in um, the opposite sex approving of me or wanting to be with me. Um, because I think I always just, just sort of had that gap missing of, you know, my dad sort of left me. And he was he was there, but, you know, I always just sort of felt rejected because he had moved on with his life and got married, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I think I always just had that little gap that, you know, I, I wanted to be accepted by a boyfriend or, or, or male of sorts, you know, to only just fill that gap to say, you know, that's the role that my dad should have played. Do you think, and it must be something you've encountered in uh, your, your, you know, your counselling and coaching work, do you think that's probably quite a common problem for, for girls in our country, the, the, the absence of a father figure? I think it is. It really is, uh, especially for, for, for females in our generation. I think it's becoming better now because I see a lot of fathers are being very hands-on with their children right now. Um, but I think in our time, you know, fathers just, you know, felt it very easy to just up and leave if they wanted to. And the women in my generation, I think, have a lot of daddy issues. So there's a lot of, not that it's, it's anything wrong with it, but there's a lot of, I want to be independent because I don't need a man. Hmm. And I think that stems from not having that that fatherly love that, you know, you always just want to prove yourself because you never had that male backup to, to cover you. Are you a more confident person now that you've kind of resolved that? I think I am. I, I really am. I think I'd be a totally different person, and I say this, and hopefully my dad is not listening, but I think I would be a totally different person if, if he was around because I think with just my mom being there, um, I have had to learn how to be very strong and be very independent and you know learn to do things on my own, which could be a bit of a challenge for men because you know once they see a very strong woman, they get quite intimidated and think, well, she doesn't need a man. She's her own man. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, yes, that whole patriarchal society thing, yeah. Anyway, that's perhaps a, de- a debate for another time. But in terms of your sort of self-awareness and discovery of that, I mean, how did that inform, did that help inform you know, the sort of path you took into becoming someone who helps others with their lives? Um, I don't think it stems from the party life of it. I think it just it just sort of came from observing how um, it's a similar kind of challenge, you know, observing people on the similar kind of challenges that you have Mm. because of of sort of the the growing pains that you go through as a person, you sort of reflect and when you see somebody else, you know, about to make the same mistakes that you make, you sort of want to hold back and say, wait, actually don't do that because this is where it's going to lead based on experience. And I think that's how my counseling sort of started because um, apparently I'm a very easy person to talk to and I take all of my learnings in life and took them and said, okay, you know, everything happens for a reason. I guess, you know, nothing happened in vain. So I could take my learnings in life and actually help other people. I think all of us when we're children at some stage, uh, if we're, you know, 
we live a fairly normal childhood. We are exposed to different sports. Some of us have different aptitudes for it. I understand you are pretty accomplished uh, as a young sports girl, shall I call it. But inevitably, a lot of us tend to lose touch of our sporty side. Tell us about uh, your rediscovery of that and how important do you think being active is? Uh, we do. In, in in school, I was a netball player and an athlete and all of those things. And once you sort of get out of the school area and you become yourself, you stop doing everything. And the only sport that I was active in post-schooling was just going to gym. Just, you know, just to keep healthy because then it's a fashionable thing to go to gym because everybody's going to gym anyway. Um, and um, how I got involved in, in most of the adventure things, for example, with hiking, which is one of my biggest things, I was actually on a date. The guy took me out on a date, and the first date was actually a hike. And I totally hated him after that date because it was the most difficult thing I'd ever done in my life. Gym versus walking up a mountain were two totally, totally different things and, you know, two totally different <laughs> areas of, of, of ex- experience. And, um, but since then, I've been hooked. I've been hooked since then. And I think I just kept telling myself, okay, I'm going to do it again. And I'm, I'm going to be as good as he was on that hike, you know, just keep going at it, keep going at it. And here I am today. Yeah, clearly you've taken a step or two because you've just been up to Everest Base Camp. How difficult was uh, yeah. hiking up there? Um, it wasn't that hard, actually. It was very long. So I did. I, I climbed up to Kilimanjaro a couple of years ago, mm. and if I had to compare the two, I'd have to say Kilimanjaro was much harder than than going up to Base Camp Everest. I think with Base Camp, it's just much longer. The trip is very long. It stretches over um, a longer period of time. Um, but it wasn't that hard. But, I mean, if you had to ask me this question two years ago, I'd probably say it was very hard. But I think, you know, my body's sort of used to walking long distances and up now. Well, now you've been up to base camp. Uh, don't you want to go to the top of Everest? I am going to the top of Everest. I've given myself another two years of training, and we will attempt to go up in 2017. That's the goal. Now, we, anyone is welcome to log into your website, Lerato Molele. Yeah. Um, and as I've said, you, you say life coach, counselor, writer as well, motivational speaker, adventure enthusiast, and adventure events planning. Clearly, you've got mm. uh, a hunger to be involved in more adventure and helping other people uh, have adventure. How do you balance your, your, your career? <laughs> I work smart, not hard. Um, I'm, I'm a normal person. I've got a nine-to-five job like everybody else. And somewhere in between my nine-to-five, I try and fit in all the things that I um, love doing passionately. So um, after hours is when I do all of these other things. And during my working hours, I do what I have to do. In terms of your working hours, what are you involved in? I'm in advertising. Ah, okay. So you're good at setting yourself as well. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> okay, well, in, in terms of, of your after hours, obviously you've got to make sure you don't take too much energy out of it. How much of this work have you managed to achieve so far? Um, the biggest part of it is the adventure events planning. So I've got a little thing called Lerato Mulele Adventures where I plan um, hikes for, for groups of people. Um, the hikes obviously happen on weekends because I don't want to disturb with anybody's work life during the course of the week. 
And it's just also just to get people out there because I think um, a lot of people aren't hikers, especially black people. So it's something that I'm trying to get um, people interested in and it's it's doing very well. So every other Saturday I'm hitting a trail somewhere just trying to get people, you know, to experience it. Excellent. Uh, hopefully it takes off because we could all be uh, doing a bit more as far as being active is concerned. It, uh, apart from anything mm-hmm. else, eases the pressure on our health services. Lorata, thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Stephen. Thank you so much. That's Lorata Molele. You can look her up. Uh, her website is loratamolele.com. You can also um, follow her on Twitter. Just uh, search for Lorata Molele. Pretty active on Twitter as uh, well. A woman who is knows where she's going and uh, somehow managed to squeeze an awful lot of uh, activity into her life. Passion is a courage to go above and beyond the call of duty. Passion is that strong, uncontrollable, untenable emotion.